We've talked before about wrestlers being misused or miscast or underused. There was average-looking Daniel Bryan and his crusade to be taken seriously in a land of muscular giants. There was John Moxley, a chaotic genius kept shackled by WWE's safe, homogenized style. But today's example is truly egregious, as I introduce you to the one and only Antonio Cesaro. A Swiss-born polyglot that speaks five languages, looks and dresses like a GQ cover model, trains like a Victorian strongman, and is more or less a real-life James Bond character. If you were an international multimedia empire, as WWE aspires to be, you couldn't ask for a better brand representative. So why don't you know who he is? And why did his epic battle with a six-foot-five monster hillbilly that moves like a gymnast take place on a sea show no one was watching? This week on I Hate Wrestling, it's the inexplicably sad story of Cesaro, the Ballad of Big Tony. Testing. 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 Testes. Oh, how does one test testes? You grab them and check them for ripeness. <laughs> you squeeze them gently. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Whipple, please don't squeeze the testes. What are you doing? <laughs> Mr. Whipple was a beloved uh, TV pitchman in commercials for Charmin paper towels. Oh, I just know, please don't squeeze the Charmin. I didn't know there was a person associated yeah, with Mr. the Charmin squeezing. Mr. Whipple was the, the Charmin pervert, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, remember that episode of, <laughs> of Frasier where they were casually just like, uh, Fraser's boss, Kenny, you remember Kenny? Of course I do. Um, got caught whacking off <laughs> at like a Kmart. Yeah, it was and... the Kmart parking lot. <laughs> and it was just like a fun little throwaway gag. But that wasn't like, you know, Fraser is not married with children. You can't just be like, oh, one of the characters on Fraser is a sex offender. It's not like, oh, ha ha ha, belly laugh time. No, that's a little unsettling that uh, that Fraser's boss Kenny was just peeling his own banana in the parking lot of a local Kmart. Peeling his <laughs> own banana. Peeling his own banana. Did you come up with that? Yeah, that one was. Uh, uh, straight from the hip. My God, it's so hot in here. It's the air terrible. conditioner has been off for two seconds. By me saying it's terrible, I'm saying that your your joke or your peeling the banana is a terrible haunted image <laughs> <laughs> to conjure up in my little brain. I don't like it. Are you st are you talking about the weather? Let's not talk about the weather. Well, that's um, I'm reading a book, and in the book it says that you know, one of the best ways to relate to people uh, in sort of casual conversations is to talk about the weather. <laughs> is there just a plot outside? I did hear a tiny little clap. Um, no, let's not talk about the weather. Let's talk about wrestling. Okay, that's fair. 
Hello. So tell me why you picked this topic for me. Because I don't necessarily understand the relationship <laughs> between me and the topic at hand. So um, the topic at hand, uh, by the way, is uh, Cesaro. Yes. Otherwise known as Antonio Cesaro. Yes. Otherwise known as Big Tony. I don't like that. He's not Italian. He is Swiss. If you're not Italian, you don't deserve to be called Big Tony. And maybe not even Big Anything. That Big Tony is something that's reserved for my people after their decades of struggle. <laughs> well, he is. His family, I imagine, does come from Italy originally. His real name is Claudio Castagnoli. Then call him Big Cloudy. <laughs> so, the man, the the myth, the legend, the Big Tony, uh, Antonio Cesaro, a.k.a. Cesaro, a.k.a. Claudio Castagnoli, is from Switzerland. He is a polyglot. The man speaks Italian, French, German, Romanche, and English fluently. That's impressive. And also, we can talk about how impressive he is in other ways. Uh, we watched a whole lot of homework about this guy. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason that I uh, sort of decided to bring you on for this episode okay. is because you probably have heard me talk about Cesaro a ton. You've mentioned him quite often. Most of what you mention is a video clip of him um, do hang gliding. No, no. Skydiving. Ziplining. Ziplining. Thank you. That's somehow the worst possible. It's the least machismo option. He's ziplining in a full three-piece designer suit. Yes. And then just like unhooks the harness and it's just like, hey, it's me. I am Cesaro. Hello. Yeah. And you've talked about this moment in history mm -hmm. about 53 <laughs> times since we've known each other. Uh-huh. Can't imagine how many times it's come up with other people. It's, it's why I'm reading this book um, that tells me to talk about the weather is because if I don't read this book to remind me to talk about the weather, I am reminding people about the time that Antonio Big Tony Cesaro was on the zip line. <laughs> That's true. So so listeners at home, sometimes Matt and I will just be hanging out, taking a walk, taking a drive somewhere, and he'll just go out of completely nowhere. So today in wrestling news, <laughs> and then he will start on a 20-minute speech about what's new in wrestling. We will have been talking about, let's say, um, Alexander the Great, or a chicken I saw on the internet, or a restaurant we'd like to go to, and then it'll be a pause, and I feel it coming. <laughs> I feel it in my knees like an arthritic old man who lives on a farm. Rain squalls are I coming. I feel it in my knees, and I just hear, so today in wrestling news, and I'm like, okay, cool. So here goes about 15 minutes <laughs> of my life. Uh, so, yeah, Matt, reading this book about the weather, might diversify his speaking palette. Hello to you. <laughs> Enjoy that extended plosive, everyone at home. It's a raspberry. So, 
I still don't know what this has to do with me, who does not speak five languages. I speak English and Welsh, and I know a couple of words in Pig Latin, mm-hmm. and a couple of words Pig Latin. in Scottish Gaelic. <laughs> so, Can you use your Welsh to tell me your feelings about tea? Dwi dimen hoffi te. Um, so I've told Matt before that usually if someone asks me like, oh, you know Welsh, say something in Welsh. The first thing that comes to mind every time is I don't like tea, which is dwi dimen hoffi te. So anyway, I'm not completely clueless. I know that the amount that I talk up, Big Tony, <laughs> must seem a little bizarre. So I thought perhaps I could finally show you a little bit of what has won my heart over the years. Sure. I mean, after... So we watched, as part of the homework, we watched this clip of him working out, and he lifts this giant, giant weight over his head with one hand. And he does... It's very jerky, his movement, so it clearly is taking effort on his part. It's so impressive to watch him work out. Cesaro trains and is kind of built like... An old-time circus strongman. Like a German. Or Swiss. With a mustache. Is that what you're talking about? Like, I have to admit to the listener, for no real reason other than I have boundary issues, that I find that German strongman image very attractive. Very attractive. It's probably why I find Matt very attractive. So, apart from the fact that I'm constantly singing the praises of Cesaro. Mm -hmm. The other reason that I wanted to do an episode about Cesaro is because he's constantly topping these lists of most underrated or most underutilized wrestlers in the world. Yeah, he doesn't really have... I mean, granted, in the wrestling community, uh, to quote Who Weekly, one of my favorite podcasts... He is likely a them, but to the world over, he is a who, despite seeming that, you know, he could probably be a major star. He seems well-spoken, he seems stylish, he doesn't, I've never heard of him getting into trouble, from anything you've mentioned, like, no racist, racist, racial tweets or racist tweets of any kind. Uh, so, yeah, tell me why you think he is maybe underrated or at least unappreciated by the WWE. Well, I think underrated is the way WWE chooses to brand it because... Do you think they deliberately let him not shine as much? Well, yeah, I think it's entirely on them because there's no part of his performance, there's no part of his look. Like, there's nothing holding this guy back other than how he is used. Do you think they deliberately want to keep him as someone that they can bring out and be like, wow, where have they been keeping this guy? Because that's actually a pretty clever strategy. Like, it's, it's, it's a bit nuanced as a strategy. Do you think that's what they're doing, or they're just stupidly not electing to use this guy? I think the issue is that they have this performer that is very clearly superlative. You can't watch Cesaro do anything and not be impressed. Yeah, I get that. And they have him on TV every week, essentially out-wrestling almost every other human being on the face of the earth. 
Yeah, I mean, showed me him lifting someone up who was like 400 pounds. The big like, show, yes. A giant man yeah. who is all mass all the time. Yeah. And, and he lifted up and he's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, and I want to talk about that. We'll, we'll get into the homework uh, in, in a bit, but mm-hmm. yeah, this is the kind of thing. You booked this on your show, you know? You showed the world, hey, we have this guy who works for us who can lift giants. And who is not a giant himself. He's just a fit man who's like seems tall and broad, but like... Yeah, he's, he's like 6'4". He's not another 400-pound man. You no, know? no. And here's, here's the exact, you know, comparison to make. This was in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Yes. This was 2015, by the way. Cesaro is still in the same position on the card he was four years ago. Which is strange, given what I've seen. Yes. And he lifts this massive human being and then carries him on his shoulders, walks from the center of the ring to the the ropes, yes. and dumps him out over the top. Yeah, which requires a bit of extra lift or hoist. It, it's... It's very impressive to watch. Right. Now, compare at WrestleMania 3. Yes. Hulk Hogan slammed Andre the Giant. Okay. It was... WWE still talks about this legendary moment that defined a generation. Hulk Hogan is considerably larger than Cesaro. He was much closer in size to Andre than Cesaro is to the big show. Yeah. Hogan also didn't get Andre on his shoulder and walk several feet. Yeah. Hogan, like, probably would have been impossible. grabbed him. Yeah, because Andre was, you know, getting on in years. Well, Andre and Big Show were about the same size. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. But Andre was in worse shape. So, was Hulk slamming Andre... A sort of out with the old, in with the new in terms of eras and aesthetics. Yes. So that's why it was a show-stopping moment where, despite Cesaro's act of strength, it was not symbolic. Right. That's my take. That's your take. And that's a fair point. But the actual... I was very impressed to see this. I have not seen Hulk Hogan slam Andre the Giant, so I can't compare these moments. Hogan barely gets him up. Andre, like clearly hoists himself up like he helps him hoist himself up much of the way and then he just sort of goes it's like a a little bit of a somersault oh okay and like that's that's about it it's not nearly as spectacular as cesaro okay so yes the andre hogan thing this is 1987 it's at the height of the hulk hogan hulkamania rock and wrestling rock and wrestling rock and wrestling yeah uh, sort of 80s golden age. And Andre, who was the sort of symbol of the older, more sideshow kind of territory days, has been summoned up as the ultimate opponent for Hulk Hogan to vanquish. Hogan does, and we move on to, you know, the cable TV. Glitzy. Yeah, homogenized nationwide. Yeah, it's like you have... Vince Neil kicking the band members of Cream down like an open, <laughs> down an open down a, well, down a stairwell, three hundred style. This is Aquanet. <laughs> you know, yes, it's that. very good. Um, yes, so Cesaro 
doing that to Big Show was not that. And it wasn't in a WrestleMania. It wasn't that was this... at WrestleMania. That was WrestleMania 30. Oh, okay. It was at WrestleMania. Yeah. But it wasn't a main event. It no. wasn't this hyped, like, everyone knew this thing could happen. No. Because the Rumble is just, or the Royale is just sort of when people are... Well, this was the first ever Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Oh. Nowadays, it's kind of a throwaway thing. Oh, so do you think that was, like, orchestrated as, like, a tribute to that Andre the Giant moment? Well, Andre the Giant was the king of battle royals. That was, like, his thing. No, I mean, like, Cesaro lifting Big Show. Oh, like, yeah. That, that was, like, a we're going to tribute this Absolutely. with a, Okay. Hogan was on the show. Hogan was hosting that show. Oh, so this was definitely a They were calling it to mind. Okay. Yeah. So, the fact that... He does this to Big Show in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal and takes home a giant trophy with Andre the Giant on yeah. it. It felt like it was supposed to be something. Yeah, but then I also get that people aren't as impressed because it's an intentional derivative. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. The fact that Cesaro can do this, and we're going to talk about the homework now in a second. Okay. Cesaro can do this. Mm -hmm. And all the other things that we saw Cesaro do, yeah, apparently is not enough to convince them that he's... that he's worth a moment of his own. Yeah. You know, how much better can his pedigree be? How much more complete of a performer does he need to be? What else does he have to do? Um, question for you. Has he done any other WrestleMania? Like, has he... What Sort of, what's the best he's done in a WrestleMania since in terms of getting a match? That would probably be it. That's certainly the biggest spotlight career retrospective moment he's had. Ah, interesting. So he's never been just put up against, like, when we went to WrestleMania this year, it was, oh, you know, we had Brock Lesnar versus this guy, and this Kurt Angle versus this Like, we didn't have any of those, like, seven matches. He's never done any of those. He was at the WrestleMania we watched. Who did he... Who was he against? He was in that tag team clusterfuck with Sheamus. Oh, okay. Well, tag team is not... That doesn't, that's not what I meant. I meant, like... Right, but uh, again... Okay, but the, the best he got was a tag team with that terrifying... Sheamus gives me nightmares. I probably just... <laughs> I probably just went and got a hot dog during that part, to be honest with you. I'm not even sure if I saw that. Sheamus terrifies me. Sheamus is actually the source of the, the Big Tony nickname. Another reason that I'm not really here for Sheamus, despite my existing interest mm -hmm. in redheads with pensions. So that WrestleMania match that we saw was kind of illustrative of how WWE has all these incredible talents. Yes. And doesn't, I mean, Cesaro, Sheamus is a former world champion. Okay. He's stuck in a tag team. Uh, like a, and not, I don't want to sound like I am being dismissive of tag team wrestling because I think tag team wrestling is wonderful. Iconic? Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I think it deserves a bigger spotlight and should be taken more seriously, but at the same time... It's marketed as a second fiddle entity, so then when someone gets put into a tag team, they're seen by the WWE fan as, oh, this person is hurt, and they maybe can't compete as well right now. Or, oh, this person is getting demoted. Or, oh, we don't care about this person as much anymore. Yeah. We have Cesaro and Sheamus teaming up, despite the fact that Sheamus is a multiple-time world champion. Yes. We have, also in this match, Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura, who are a tag team for no reason. 
The only person you talk about more than Cesaro is Shinsuke Nakamura. I think he's maybe a little bit better as a character than than Cesaro. But at the same time, both guys deserve better than what they're getting. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like you, cle- like these are two people that you mm-hmm. think, and yeah. you are the expert yeah. here. And I don't sleep on Rusev either. That dude is yeah. also incredible. We've talked about him a lot as well. I guess the WWE thinks that putting these people together is like, wow, look at these amazing wrestlers working together and working apart in a bigger configuration. That's probably interesting. You probably do get some really good tag team matches out of people like this. But, yeah, I get the... But then you also lose the attention of, like, okay, we've built up this storyline, and we really just get to watch these two men fight it out. Or two women, depending on the match. I mean, think about this. They have three... Right now, I can think of three of, you could argue, the best tag teams of the last 20 years on their four. Four of the best tag teams of the last 20 years on their roster right now. You have the Usos, you have the Revival, you have the Hardy Boys, you have the New Day. The Revival is still with WWE? Yeah, they are. I thought they were supposed to, I thought they were going to they AEW. Were, they were trying to leave, but... Oh, it didn't happen, okay. Yeah, also... You have the Iconics. You have the Iconics. Yes. So, these are examples of teams that are dedicated teams. And they're going to most likely stay that way forever. Right, or they absolutely should. And then you have guys like Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura who, while they're good performers and while they may gel as a team, are only being used as a team because they can't figure out what else to do with them. Well, that, fe- that feels like Ricochet and Alistair Black. Who Absolutely! Have no, like, who have no aesthetic sensibilities. Yep. It's, that only lasted a while. That's over now. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah. Are they, like, friends or enemies per the they are, per, like public projection? They are completely independent of each other, haven't interacted in months. See, that's wild. It's insane. It just seems like, okay, yeah, because that truly is just like, okay, we don't know what to do with you. We're going to put this, you know, this athletic black wrestler in with this very hot topic, mall goffy <laughs> white dude. Like, it doesn't seem like they make much sense in terms of like, mm-hmm. even their, per, just their personalities. So it's just like, mm-hmm. it's so contrived to get them yep. together where you get, who's, who's a good example of a tag team that seemed like random, but worked where there was, like, some common thread. Well, Sheamus and Cesaro did wind up finding a lot of common ground. Okay. I mean, they're both, they're both European. They're both very, they're both very strong. They're both very hard-hitting. Uh, they have hard-hitting. fighting styles. Yeah, they're both, they're both good brawlers. Okay. Right? So they wound up gelling as a tag team, but the whole thing is, you have great tag teams. Why are you putting these two dynamic singles performers together when you're not even using the good tag teams that you have. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a talent use problem. It's not necessarily it's an issue of talent allocation less you know more than anything else. Okay. Actually, the iconics were put together. Yes. And that worked out really well. So sometimes they are good at putting together a team that makes sense whether it's long-lasting or not. Um but then sometimes I guess it just it feels really contrived because the fan bases of the two individual wrestlers are probably not together at all. And unless you have some kind of agenda like, oh, I want to put these two men in a tag team because we want to like market to 
New Jersey or something, mm-hmm. and so we're making this New Jersey tag team, like... Big Cass and Enzo and Amore. Yes, that's who I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. Like, if you put these people together, you know, there's at least an agenda that people can determine and a visual or fighting sensibility mm-hmm. that aligns that makes sense. Yeah, so... Cesaro and Sheamus wound up becoming a very good tag team. They actually started out as rivals. They had an extended series of matches against each other that wound up in a draw, and they wound up getting to know each other so well that they were like, we should try fighting other people, which is an interesting story. But then they sort of lost this... You know, the essential spark of that team was they didn't really like each other. You know, they respected each other. It was sort of a... Like a begrudged... Yeah, they they weren't friends. They were great partners. They had a lot of chemistry working together, but they didn't really like each other. And that's an okay. interesting dynamic, and you could do a lot with that. Yeah. But after a couple of months, they just dropped it, and then from then on, they started wearing matching gear, and they got, like, their own matching theme song, and they, were, they just became, like, guy one and guy two. How long did they last in a Years. time machine? And years. what broke them? What broke them apart? Sheamus got hurt. Is he still wrestling? He's no, he's out right now with an injury. When was that? A couple of months ago. Oh, so they were a tag team up until a few months ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and they're the sort of through line of their partnership. This idea that they were rivals that became friends. Mm-hmm. Or partners, whatever. Yeah, that, that is more interesting than just we're buddies now. Right. It is more interesting to have this like. I don't like this guy, and, like, you could do, in theory, a storyline about, like, well, this other person is courting me to be on their tag team, so I have to decide, like, right. there's a way to do that. But they ran out of, they ran out of steam, like, mm. a year or so in, where it's like, okay, they're just guy one and guy two well, in a tag team, and, yeah. again, in ring, still great performers, still having good matches, they but... They could have had a fight about, like... What the like, fuck's the story at this point? They could have had a fight about, like, Cesaro refusing to dye his chest hair to match Seamus's hair. Yes, or, like, you know, Cesaro is maybe once they're arguing over where to go for drinks after the match because Cesaro would like a martini and Seamus just wants a pint. Yeah. Are they, so, was their team, t- is Seamus, like, kind of, ch- I don't know if I'd say cheap, but, like, is he more mainstream because Cesaro has this very James Bond kind of thing that you've told me about like mm-hmm. he he seems more elegant cultured, more cultured like is Seamus not that and then what was their tag team dynamic like how did they fuse those energies yeah so this is part of what I didn't like about the tag team okay Seamus was always he was the Celtic warrior okay right so he's much more uh brutish much more brutish right much more much more of a brawler okay Cesaro is also a great technician, which Seamus isn't. Ah. Seamus is very powerful and a hard striker. Cesaro is those things as well, but also can fly, can wrestle on the mat, okay. can do a, a bunch of other things. So the fact that the two of them had sort of differing skill sets... Did it have to become a team of the lowest common denominator to accommodate Seamus? Yes. Okay. So, originally, Cesaro would be wearing the three-piece suits, these, like, the beautiful Armani sunglasses, like, all of this stuff, and that's his character, and then he starts hanging out with Seamus, and they start wearing matching kilts. Oh. And leather jackets. Oh. 
And it's Let's like... Let's leave the kilts to Rhonda at this point. Thank you so much. She looked fantastic in it. And my point being, so much of what makes Cesaro unique as a performer, which is the fact that he does look like a million goddamn dollars, and he looks like a goddamn movie star... The wrestling version of Jason Statham. Yes, except he's the size of the rock. Like... Yeah. <laughs> he, they should really do, like, I know WWE does these, like, marine movies, yeah. but, like, I worked on that movie with Wade Barrett. They yes. should have put Cesar... I don't even know if Wade Barrett... I don't even remember if Wade Barrett had lines, but I remember him being in the trailer and being the literal height of the trailer, and yep. I was like, who is this guy, like, this giant guy in this gorgeous suit? Cesaro could do that. Put Cesaro in, like, Fast and Furious 9. Like, he could probably do that even if he's quite put him in the expendables four or whatever yeah you could do that with cesaro and you could do essentially anything you want with cesaro his accent is a little unplaceable it feels like it's like a a couple of different things probably because he speaks so many languages but like well yeah he's still extremely clear it's just one of those things where you're not like quick name another famous swiss person uh, are the Skarsgårds Swiss? No, they're nope. Swedish. They're Swedish. I, yeah, so that's, that's what I'm saying. Apart from that, where it's like, you know, Jason Statham has a very specific voice. Like, mm-hmm. apart from that, though, give the guy a little bit of dialect training, teach him how to do like a couple of different accents for movies, and he could play anyone. And here's and here's the thing. Cesaro has a lot of fans, a lot of supporters, including some very heavy hitters in the wrestling community. Stone Cold Steve Austin is a huge Cesaro fan. That's interesting because their aesthetics don't really seem to No, personality-wise, sort of skill-set-wise, like Steve Austin was much closer to Sheamus in terms of being just like a a down-and-dirty brawler. And, but Steve Austin is a student of wrestling and is like, can see that this guy knows what he's doing. Right. He's educated in this. So he had Vince McMahon on his podcast and he asked him, he's like, so Cesaro, what the hell? <laughs> like, like, what the hell? Seems like he's got all the tools. Why aren't you using Cesaro? And what did Vince say? Vince says, Cesaro, certainly very talented performer. Ah, uh, doesn't seem to connect. Maybe it's the Swiss thing. Okay, so see, that's, well, this was my concern of like, you have a British guy, and everyone's like, oh, that's a British guy. You have a Swiss guy, and maybe someone's like, I don't know where this guy's from. It's a little confusing to me. However, just because that's one person or a certain type of wrestling demographic doesn't mean that you really can't try. Like, It's, it's really, and I, I don't want to say it's all Vince, but it's kind of all Vince. Well, it seems like Vince is catering to, despite the fact that you've told me a thousand times that Vince does not want to be associated with the sort of southern, maybe mm-hmm. hillbilly type of roots yep. of either himself or of wrestling, that he thinks that Cesaro is not going to be welcome into that. Which I think a lot of people still think that wrestling is only catered to southern nascar it's stone cold steve austin it's nascar it's you know the the motorcycle guys it's the denim vest with the sleeves ripped off like it's that and that clearly wrestling is evolving it seems like vince has not caught up in a thousand different ways right um but yeah it seems like they could definitely try the thing is with cesaro 
you market that guy, you put him in, you find a way to produce a movie that has The Rock in it or one of these big guys. Mm-hmm. Like, um, what's, what's the name of that girl? Um, Gia Carano? Gina Carano? Yeah. Like, they tried to... Well, what was her affiliation? Was she MMA? MMA, yeah. So, like... They put her in the Deadpool movie. They want... They want to... Certain people use people like that to elevate the internal brand that they're coming from. And mm-hmm. it seems like Cesaro could elevate the internal brand of, wow, this guy is WWE? Okay, yeah, you know what? Maybe I'll check him out. Clear, clearly they're doing like, stuff that's not what I thought it was as a kid. We were talking about Miz the other day. Yeah. Like, if you could put The Miz in a movie, you could put fucking Cesaro in a movie. And The Miz probably is somewhat able to ri- to raise the profile of the WWE brand because people who like reality TV yep. might check out this show mm-hmm. because it's produced by the people who make these same reality shows or whatever. And they're like, oh, you know what? This guy's funny. Like, let me... I can watch this with my boyfriend. If a girl is watching yep. these reality shows, that's what they did with the Bellas. Yep. Like, oh, yeah, let's put these girls on E. The Kardashian fans might watch this and then maybe they'll be more inclined to watch wrestling. Right. I just don't understand how... You see a guy who like Cesaro could do that. A guy who's like a real life James Bond, yeah. literally travels the world looking like he looks, doing what he does physically, dressing like he dresses. And he's good looking, and he's, so like there's a you know, there's a lot to offer. He's good looking and the, we have to get into the homework now, but when Renee Young has the sit down interview with him and she talks about how he rips the suit off of himself. Yeah. And she was like, How did you do that? And he's like, Well, I sewed it myself. Yeah. Like, and she's like, you sewed it yourself? He goes, yeah, I'm really good at sewing. Like, to the fact, to the point that... When I was a kid, we did sewing and crafts in yeah. school, which hearing a wrestler talk about crafts delighted me simply. Like, I, okay, sincerely, my favorite thing ever would be if you picked one of these wrestlers, and maybe it's Cesaro, to do like a at home, like an at home with blah, 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 HGTV show, <laughs> like Chip and Joanna Gaines, but it's like... Cesaro and Seamus and they're just like like teaching the viewer how to like you know care for succulents that would be and how to make like a granny square (laughs) that would make me laugh so much it'd be delightful put a little bit of cheek into it like they do they do freaking do that see this is one of the things that bugs me because they do stuff like this sometimes I remember uh two years ago Mm -hmm. uh at Hanukkah Drew Put Go- on your yarmulke, it's time for Hanukkah. Yes. Drew Gulak. That's a name. That's a name. That name didn't get changed. No. Wild. <laughs> Drew Gulak. They made they made Claudio Castagnoli become Antonio Cesaro, really? but Drew Gulak got to keep that they shit. Should, they should literally call it Drew Gulak the Gulag, and that should be his name. Imagine if your name is the Gulag. Like, that's the name that you go by. Mm-hmm. That's a great wrestling name. Yes. I'm going to write a letter to Vince. So, Drew Gulak for... The Gulag. The Gulag. Drew the Gulag Gulak. Yes. For Hanukkah, they did a little thing where he taught everybody how to uh, play with dreidels. Oh, cultural sensitivity. Yeah, and you had, like fucking Cesaro in Shinsuke Nakamura backstage learning how to uh, how doing to do like Gimel and yeah <laughs> and Cesaro of course is a fucking natural like he's immediately like destroying everyone else at dreidel because That's really cute. because he's he's perfect at everything immediately Shinsuke Nakamura is being the weirdest dude in the world like popping a squat and staring at this dreidel at eye level 
like squinting at it, trying to make it fall. Like that sounds fun. You have these performers, these incredibly distinct personalities. Like, can you show it? Like, can yeah. we do that? So. Um, well, I mean, that's what I guess that's what Triple H was trying to do with NXT, where he was trying to make it a more personalities welcome, like. Let's see it, because it's probably an experiment of both ways. Like, let's take you, this wrestler, and grow your personality through, you know, focus groups and and, te- and just viewer testing, seeing what they tweet about and respond mm-hmm. to, and let's build you into a superstar. But then also, let's take all these, oh, we want a, a, a horse girl? We're going to take a freaking horse girl type person and see if it works and see, see if, if we works. can sell yeah. that? Mm-hmm. You know, it seems like the new generation and the new ethos might be a little more focused around distinction and having distinct, interesting people like the Velveteen Dream. Granted, he's an entirely a copy of Prince, but yes. to see if something that seems a little gender-bendy, a little, you know, maybe a little queer in its dynamic. like It's more than a little. I'm not gonna... I don't know what the Velveteen Dream identifies as, but I know we, that... We both saw him get carried out, car- carried out on that couch by sexy dudes. We both saw that's that. That's true. <laughs> yes, but I don't think the WWE is going to explicitly make a distinction no. on this for quite a while. True. But they are testing it out. Yes. So hopefully the future is... Yeah, but the but wall... But just seems like a win because... He's a home run. You, you can't tell me... That if Vince is so focused on the the common denominator that he perceives being the fan as a, you know, I'm some guy from Alabama, I like NASCAR, I like my guns, I like fishing, and I like wrestling. That guy still goes to the movies, still goes to see people like The Rock. Mm-hmm. That guy probably, I, I, look, from my limited purview, I can't think that that guy is more interested in Bray Wyatt than he is in The Rock, because Bray Wyatt is like every dude he knows, right. <laughs> and The Rock is aspirational. Right. John Cena, aspirational, yet right. still relatable with his with his shorts, his jorts. Yes. But I have to think that a Cesaro is like, wow, like that's really what a man is to me. Like, and if you show Cesaro firing a gun in a fucking movie, forget it. He's gonna be everyone's favorite because oh wow, this guy believes in the Second Amendment too. Yeah. Like he seems like a win because he's masculine, mm-hmm. but completely aspirational. In he's strong, he's fit, he doesn't have controversy, he's good looking, and he's he's good at what he does. Marketable all over the world, charming, in Europe, North America. Yeah, he seems like a huge win. It does seem really. Like a huge really missed opportunity. Yeah. Um, you know, he would be killer in uh, the Kingsman movies. Yeah, something like That's that. That's exactly... Especially because that is aesthetically a thing, right? This, I, this idea of the... The perfect tailored suit, the glasses, the, you know, the hair, the everything. Yep. Well, not for Cesaro. No. They could put a little well, wig on him. Actually, he was, a, he was in a movie back when he had hair. Yeah, but Mark Strong doesn't have hair in but the Kingsman no, movies. No, it's, Cesaro, it's not contingent no, upon the hair. No, I'm, I'm telling you, Cesaro was actually in a movie. He was in The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke as, oh. an, as an extra. He's like, this. he's so much skinnier because The Wrestler is almost... And he doesn't have his current aesthetic. Or no, he? this no, is okay. pre-WWE. This is just like a he's wearing, quick... Yeah, he's wearing like long tights. He's balding. He has like a little... I think he has like a little mustache. And he's... 
way skinnier. It's it's so funny. Like he, he But that's not him in a mo- that's like not him in a movie no, like in a real not at all. way. I easily think that you could get him to do and clearly whatever they did with Wade Barrett didn't work because Wade Barrett hasn't does Wade Barrett act? No, he's doing like uh he's hosting like Oh, okay, so he's okay, so he's doing something. Yeah. Oh my god, Cesaro could absolutely host something. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I don't think they've really done this because they have NXT, but if they ever did like a America's Next Wrestler, like he could host the shit out of that. Go for that. Do a little, like, he could host a behind-the-scenes NXT kind of thing. Like, just put him somewhere. Right, he's so well-spoken, so charming. Um, and I think we're, we're saying this dude has all this to offer, and he's still running into the brick wall that is Vince McMahon's personal S- taste. Saying, I don't think this guy I don't connects. Get it. I don't get it. Which is, yeah, which is wild. Right, and... The reason that he dropped the Antonio, you know, when he started as Antonio mm-hmm. Cesaro and now he's just Cesaro, this has never been officially confirmed, but the rumor is that Vince McMahon made them drop Antonio because he thought that was a girl's name. <laughs> <laughs> God, that's pathetic. No, one, no wonder him and Trump are friends. They, they seem to be sharing the same brain half the time. Yeah. So... See, when Trump has those long pauses, that's when Vince speaks. <laughs> have, have you ever heard them speak at the same time? I have not, even when they're on screen together. So, Cesaro's opponent in the match we're going to watch tonight yes. is Luke Harper. Who seems to be an extremely nice gentleman. He seems to be a really nice dude. Yes, we watched, uh, we watched a video of him going back to his old gym in... Richester, as is, which is how he says Rochester, uh, and he is talking about his experiences of cultivating his character, and how he lost his job the same week that he found out that his wife was pregnant, and how that completely cha- it defined his life. And he says he'll never deal with anything as hard as that week again. Uh, but now, you know, now he got this job with WWE, and he seems so grateful and. He seems a good dude. Also, by the way, Cesaro, he was friends with Cesaro. Yes. Before. Yep. Do you know how they were friends? He mentions knowing him beforehand. Yeah, they came up on the indies together. Oh, that's very nice. Luke Harper uh, as Brody Lee and Cesaro as Claudio Castagnoli. I, by the way, love. So we got the... The origin of Brody Lee. Yes, which is that people said that he looked like Jason Lee in Mallrats. (laughs) And so Jason's character is Brody. And so they just called him Brody Lee. Yes. Which killed me because I love Jason Lee so, so and much. Without the beard, without he, the he it, does kind of look like a giant irradi- gamut irradiated Jason Lee. Yeah, it does kind of make sense. But they worked at a company called Chikara, who's, they do kind of like family-friendly, cartoony wrestling. It's heavily focused on tag teams. Okay. And Cesaro first came over as part of a tag team called Swiss Money Holding. And his huh. gimmick was that he was a Swiss banker and he would, like, wrestle in a tie. Okay, I think that's kind of fun. And Not, uh, in, a, not in a Baron Corbin way, but in, like, a good way. He, it was like, he looked more like a Mormon Aww. missionary. Like, it was a crisp white shirt with the sleeves cut off and a little tie. Hello, my name is Elder Price. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> here at your door, to, your door today to royally kick your ass. I would be shocked if Cesaro couldn't sing. 
Well, I was just doing Book of Mormon. I know, but it just occurs to me, like, the dude can do everything else. This like, punch <laughs> will change your life. This punch will change your life. So. That was that was Broadway Corner Part 2. Yes. Thank you. As Brody Lee, the, uh, he started out as just kind of looking like Jason Lee. He becomes Big Rig Brody Lee, the oh. angry trucker. Yeah, no. And that's when they first met. And then he tells the story about when he got the call that WWE was trying to recruit him. Yes. And he kept getting disconnected from their uh, talent relations department. Yes. And he couldn't get through, and he called Cesaro, and he was like, hey, please tell me you... Because at that time, he was already working for them. Like, hey, please tell me you have their phone number. Yeah. Because I really need to talk to them. Yeah. That, uh, that I was confused about when we watched this little... It's called Formerly Known As, and I guess it's a little mini-docu-series that yes. WWE does. And he's just like, so I called Cesaro. I was like, how do you know Cesaro? Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, for almost everybody at least in on the indie scene, knows everybody else in the indie scene because they're all traveling. Yeah. They're all working with and against each other on different yeah, shows. Probably borrowing each other's stuff, like yeah. sparring together. Carpooling, yeah. honestly, like uh, sharing like Motel 6 rooms. Like, absolutely. So it also adds another layer to this that Cesaro is part of the reason why this man was able to become a professional wrestler at this magnitude. Right, and this level right and this dude who he he mentions a few times he's clearly a very humble guy but he mentions a few times like people kept telling me like somebody's gonna win it is gonna make you a huge star Mm -hmm. like because he's like cesaro like six four six five like 250 plus pounds Mm -hmm. and they kept saying we didn't see too much of him actually wrestling in that but no. his trainer was like, you're a really big guy and you want to be a little guy. really slam people. Yeah, but they says, like, you want to be a, a little guy. And, you know, a lot of the indie wrestlers at that time were very small and were very athletic, flippy-type, ricochet-type guys. Okay. And that's what he always wanted to do, but they're like, can you just lean into the fact that you're fucking huge? Yeah. So... Well, you said the WWE likes big guys. Yes. So... Like tall. Right, but I mentioned this because we're going to see Luke Harper do some things that a guy his size should not be able to do. Ah. Well, yeah, he talked about his agility, and other yes. people mentioned his agility, and that that was something really distinct, and that's probably why he was able to rise up, because he's so agile for his size and shape. Yep. And we see, you know, we saw... I mean, he's thin. Yeah, he's... Uh, he's but he's very tall. He's very tall. And broad. Yep, and... He's another guy who we saw was very charming, well-spoken, mm-hmm. right? No reason you would suspect that he couldn't be a top-level performer. Mm-hmm. And like Cesaro, he's another guy who has just never been able to get the traction that you would think he would be able to get given his well, skill set. this guy doesn't seem as marketable as a personality. Oh, he's well, a nice, like, he seems like a nice dude, but he's not like, he's not The Rock. Right. I don't see this guy becoming The Rock just because he doesn't have that certain type of... No, but is there any reason he couldn't become The Undertaker? Yeah, that's true. I mean, if you could let him... If you could find a character that works for him, and he was with the Wyatt family. You know, he was the first son of the Wyatt family. But see, I don't think the Wyatt family is marketable. In in terms of personality marketing, like, I don't think any of those guys are going to rise above where they are. Bray Wyatt sure, sure as hell should. That dude is incredible. 
But like as a person, at like. Oh yeah, big really time. big time. Like in the movies. That guy could be. Like I see him being on like Sons of Anarchy, maybe or like a villain in something. But he's not. He's not a like, leading man. That's what I'm saying. Like he, you know, I look at this guy Luke Harper, and I'm like, he's not. He's not the Rock. I guess my point is that not every wrestler is going to transcend wrestling. Thanks. But I think it's fair to say that both Luke Harper, and I think that Cesaro is certainly more mainstream marketable. He could be used in way more things than Luke Harper. I don't, but, I don't even know if I'd say mainstream. I would just say marketable in general. Yeah. Could, that guy could go niche. He could sell watches. He'd like, do whatever with him. But my point is, yes. both of these guys deserve better. Okay. Luke Harper also ran into the, the Vince McMahon wall. And apparently what happened with Harper was that Vince McMahon wanted him to be Southern. Which is strange, because Vince, yeah, but it's, Vince like, does not like this. Right, but if you're going to be like a crazy eye-eating hillbilly, then you can do a Southern accent. Okay. And Luke Harper was like, yeah, I'm from Rochester. I don't have a Southern accent. And he didn't want to compromise his character that much. No, he just couldn't do a good Southern accent. Ah. And Vince, like, got pissed and gave up on him and was, like, useless. Oh, man. And that was it. Like, that was apparently it for Luke Harper. And since then, he's been, like, he's been relegated. They gave up on him. So when is the ma- when did the match that we're going to watch today take place? 2015. And where is Luke Harper now? Luke Harper is currently sitting at home waiting for his contract to expire because he asked for his release publicly. Oh, this is the guy? This is the guy. See, that's wild. Cause the, okay, so I'm going to recap this. So Luke Harper wrote and publicly posted a letter, I guess just like on Twitter, probably through Notes app, saying like, hey guys, just wanted to let you know that I have asked for my release, and basically implied that the WWE signed off on this and granted it to him, hoping... Or that, we're about to, yeah. Yeah, hoping that by him putting this out, the WWE would be boxed into a corner, and they would have to release him, because I guess he wanted to go to, like, AEW. And instead, they were like, uh, 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 not in my house, Dikembe Matumbo, and decided to just keep him out of spite. Yeah. That's wild, because that guy that we watched in the video seemed very sweet and not, like, the type who would do that. So either he was pushed to a real breaking point through the inaction of WWE... Oh, yeah, yeah. ...or he is a, is a little schemer. So what we saw... We saw him there. He talks about how he got put with Bray Wyatt and Eric Rowan... Uh, Eric Rowan, who's now teaming with Daniel Bryan. We saw him at WrestleMania. Okay. The big Viking guy. Yeah. Remember the guy who was sitting next to us made his hammer? Yes. And his mask? Yes. So he and Eric Rowan were a tag team, and Eric Rowan got hurt, and Luke Harper was doing nothing. Mm. He was healthy, could wrestle, and they were like, we're not going to use you. Until this guy is better. Right. So he was like... I want to wrestle. Yeah. So this and the fact that he knows, like, that they don't like him. Like, he's kind of got this working against him because of this time where he couldn't do a southern accent. Mm. And he's like, yeah, listen, 
I would really just like to, if we could just part ways, since you're not going to use me, like, all you want to do is put me in this tag team, and my partner's hurt, and I'm not going to be able to do anything. Can I just go do my own thing? Yeah. And I guess he asked them for his release in person, and they kind of brushed him off and didn't give him an answer. So from there, he went to Twitter and was like, hey, just letting everybody know, I'm trying to quit. Yes. Okay, so do you think that this match served either party well? I think both of these parties show exactly why they should be used better. And then, but nothing happened. This is 2015. And nothing happened. Yeah, the reason that these two guys are in a singles match on Main Event, which is one of their, like, C-level shows mm -hmm. that's syndicated on, like, your local, you know, CW affiliate or whatever. Hmm. It's an hour-long show. None of the major players are ever on it. And the reason that these two are on it is because both of their tag team partners have gotten hurt. Cesaro was teaming with this guy Tyson Kidd who got hurt, so they just threw him back into singles competition. Who the hell is Tyson Kidd? He hasn't come up at all. Tyson Kidd is another guy who probably deserved better. He, he suffered an injury to his neck that necessitated his early retirement. He's oh. married to uh, Natalia Neidhart. Okay, yes. Yeah, so he's like a, a Hart family adjacent. Okay. So he and Cesaro were teaming up. He got hurt, so Cesaro was like... It seems like the only way Cesaro ever gets a singles run is when the tag team partner that they randomly throw, throw him with gets hurt. So that's what happened. Cesaro was teaming with um, Tyson Kidd. Tyson Kidd gets hurt. So they throw Cesaro into a singles push without any kind of direction or long-term plan. So he's fighting Luke Harper, whose partner Eric Rowan was hurt on a C-show. And the fact that these guys still put on an incredible performance and they really are making the most of every opportunity to show why they deserve better. And unfortunately, it kind of keeps going, you know. Except we'll 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 get to that in a in a in a minute. I don't want to talk about I don't want to talk too much about the aftermath of this match. But this is in 2015. It's on main event, which is the C show. You know, if Monday Night Raw is the A show and SmackDown is the B show, this is the C show. John Cena's never on this shit. You know, Daniel Bryan's never on this. The Undertaker's never on this. It's not even, like, the regular commentators. Oh. So, it's really kind of filler. But a lot of times, guys will go out and, even though essentially nobody's watching, they still try to knock it out of the park, and these two guys are guys that do that. Okay. Okay, before we start recording, did you have any other thoughts about Cesaro, or Luke Harper, or... Brody Lee, or Big Tony, or... I still don't like Big Tony. Claudio Casagnoli, or... Uh, <laughs> what, was what was his original name? Huber Boy Number 2? Huber Boy 2. Uh, no, I don't. I'm ready to watch the match, though. Okay, excellent. And then we we're going to eat raviolis. We're going to eat lobster raviolis. Yes. 
Okay, so this is... A, okay, everybody at home, get your own fucking ravioli. Um, <laughs> so we are watching Cesaro versus Luke Harper. It is from WWE Main Event. Uh, I couldn't figure out... It took me a, forever to figure out which episode of Main Event this is on. It's Main Event episode 145, if that helps you find it at all. And we are going to start watching in three, two, one, and go. Okay, so it's starting now. Who's that weird guy in the background? Oh, we're seeing an ad from, uh, you know, like I said, main event is mostly a, uh, you know, filler. So that was... Paul Heyman and... That's who I thought it was, but I felt stupid ass. No, of course not. So, here we have uh, Big Tony. Okay, a.k.a. Cesaro, his, his proper name. His Christian name, yes. And he's got a hoodie on, so he's not really doing his, his dapper thing. He's got a sort of zip-up hoodie on. There are people in the <laughs> audience doing this weird little punch move. That is his signature taunt, oh, that's yeah. that's little... He's wearing headphones as he comes in with a towel over his head and little tidy whitey kind of undie. Oh, and he just ripped off the towel and he's like, I don't have hair! Pow, pow, pow. Which we knew. And he looks great. And now it's taking us to Of course, ad. we're immediately going to a commercial because that, that shows you... But wait, so you're watching this on the WWE Network, right? Yes. And they still, they still show commercials on this? I guess, yeah. You know, Monday Night Raw reruns don't have that, but I guess this is oh, it's a main event commercial. Yeah, it's a it's a commercial for I believe this is yeah WWE Two K sixteen. So this is letting us know that oh, you so know October twenty seventh, twenty fifteen, WWE Two K sixteen will be available, and rating is pending. Everybody, mm-hmm. so. Once again, the camera was on Cesaro for about 20 seconds before they cut to a commercial, so that should uh, be a pretty good indication for how WWE feels about this particular program of theirs. All right, so he's stretching, he's doing his his little dances. Yep, and he's wearing that, uh, you see he's wearing an armband that says kid on it with a little Canadian flag? Yes. That is in honor of his fallen comrade, Tyson Kidd. Why is it the length of his full arm? Uh, I don't know. He likes to wear those sleeves, but the... Like a compression sleeve? Yeah. Okay, now Luke Harper's uh, imagery coming out is a bunch of eyes. It's very reminiscent of Unchian Andalu. Yes. Well, that's his. That's part of his character. He's a swamp-loving hillbilly, and With he... eyes? And he he loves he loves eating eyes. That will, Okay. He loves eating eyes? That's never been explicitly his character, but I've always felt that he eats people's eyes. That's oh. just me. Oh, I thought this was just like a Hills Have Eyes reference. No, and he and he also loves Unchien Andalou, so he's just... Does he really? No, I don't know. Oh. Well, in that case, we're both Pixies fans, so... Uh... <laughs> yeah, so his whole thing is eyes. He's wearing giant jeans. <laughs> yes, he's wearing... I a... can't express enough. They haven't turned the lights on really um oh he's make he just so his thing is he just makes a lot of eye contact did he just throw up the hitler salute no it looks like it though oh and i like that he went to he went to throw his vest into the crowd and then declined and threw it on the ground instead the wild thing is both of these men probably 
work out for the same amount of hours per day. And Cesaro looks, in, like, like perfect. And Luke Harper looks like your dad. He doesn't look like... My dad is much smaller than Luke Harper. But, like, no, I just... Like, the general, your dad... Oh, my God. And Cesaro just slammed him and did, like, a cart, mini cartwheel over his head. And, and Luke Harper... It, it's strange. I... So, I mean, I need to see Luke Harper actually do some stuff in the ring. Wow, okay. Cesaro is just plucking this probably 275-pound man off the ground. This guy does, just doesn't look ripped or built at all. No, I look at... I look, <laughs> he's walking he's around the ring. He's literally wearing a tank top because he's not ripped or built. Like, yes, but... What I, is he doing right now? He's grabbing... Oh, he's grabbing a chair. He's throwing a chair out. I like that Cesaro... He didn't bring the chair into the ring with him. He just tossed it. No, I like that Cesaro... <laughs> he just gave this long, like, death glare and then a little, like, mlem, like a dog does. Like, mm. Yeah, you know, there's a little bit, not too much, but a little bit of Mick Foley to Luke Harper, I think. And I think that comes out in the, the out-of-character stuff that we saw. We were seeing... Because he's really nice and yeah. sort of soft-spoken. Yeah, and I feel like you could maybe lean into that a little bit. If you were like, hey, this big, scary-looking guy is actually kind of a teddy bear, I feel like that's maybe a viable option, but Jesus Christ. Okay, so... And again, just plucking this 270-pound man. This guy is, a, for this guy not being muscular-looking or built at all, this guy is wearing jeans uh, that probably weigh 30 pounds, because they're, it's <laughs> when you, like... When you factor in the crust, an yeah. An obscene amount of denim. Luke Harper, like, I feel like if you took off Luke Harper's jeans, they could stand up without him in them. <laughs> so... Cesaro is lifting this guy who is a big, tall dude. Big. With giant, giant jeans. A big, tall glass of swamp water. Ugh. I, now, did you see this little, uh... Whoa! Okay, so Luke Harper just tried to charge at Cesaro and instead jumped over the ring. Cesaro just beautifully also jumped over the ring. Landed on his feet. Oh my god, this guy is incredible. And it, his body is and here we go with the... Ooh, he just did like a spit, like a, a Pokemon looking a, a, move. A, a European uppercut and knocked that Luke amazing. Harper... That was I've never seen that before. Knocks Luke Harper into the audience. And now he's grabbing him by his beard. Cesaro is grabbing Luke yep. Harper by his beard. And, and throws him back, him back in into the ring. I do like that... Did you notice Oh, Cesaro going up top again? The flying body press catches him one, two, and Luke Harper escapes. But... Cesaro has this sort of, like, gesture where he's, like, sweeping his arm up. Luke Harper hit one of those, like, sarcastically, which I thought was kind of fun. (laughs) And now, here we see where Luke Harper is excelling, which is... He's throwing Cesaro into the... Shoulder first. Yeah, the corners of the ring to... Left shoulder and right shoulder. To, to really bust up his shoulders, which that looks like that could be legitimately painful. Like, for, yep. for all of the faking that these guys do, that looks like that would yep. actually hurt. But you think about, in the fiction of this match, Cesaro has been destroying him on upper body strength alone. So if he can hurt both of his shoulders, he's going to level the playing field. And yeah. that's exactly what he's done. That's quite smart. Yep. Which shows you that just because you're a crazy hillbilly that lives in a swamp and eats people's eyes, it doesn't mean that you're not smart. I have to say. Yes. And this is so shallow. Cesaro probably has the best body I've ever seen of a wrestler. No, it's absurd. 
Especially, and especially because Vince McMahon is notoriously a body guy. Oh, wow. Oh, so Cesaro just kicked out last second after they did a very complex flip and kick and spin. That was very yeah, impressive. Yeah, and Luke, that's where you've said Luke Harper is yeah, much more agile than you would think. Luke and Harper I got to see it. Being nearly 300 pounds and six foot five and wearing, you know, a 15 year old pair of jeans. Stiff denim. Yeah, hit a fucking flying head scissors. And now, again, Cesaro shoulder first. Oh, my God. So, yeah, Luke Harper just shoved Cesaro into the stairs to the point where the stairs, it looked like, almost broke. Yeah, so, once again, really being, wrestling a smart match. You know, he's uh, he's taking away the shoulders of this guy with superlative upper body strength. Yes. And here... Ooh, and Luke Harper just flipped over the right... There's a lot of ring flipping... In yep. This match yep. Okay. They're wrestling in a way like much smaller guys. Yeah. And here we go again with the uh, with a perfectly executed uh, that is a wrist clutch headlock, and he's trying to grind some life out of Cesaro and also put pressure on that shoulder. And Cesaro look at that. just did a beautiful punch, but it cost Cesaro because he, he went down on his knee. Yep, exactly right. He's Those those big uppercuts are his best move. And now, in order to do his best move, he has to constantly re-injure his bad arms. Yeah. Yep. Ooh. And look at that. He's... Wow, that was so... Cesaro grabbed Luke Harper's leg and sort of twisted... Oh, wow, these two are flying. Yep, and... Cesaro, in uh, he's really doing a, a phenomenal job. He's they've been doing so much stuff, but he's never forgetting to sell those arms. Everything that he does, whether he's defending or attacking, he's making sure to remind you that, that he's his, yeah. his arms are fucked. And look at this. Now they're throwing hands, and Cesaro can't quite get his hands up to block these punches because of that shoulder mobility issue. But Ooh. He's not, uh, you know, he's not beaten yet, and here we go. Ooh, and Cesaro just jumped off of the ring. Yep, a handspring. Spinning in the air. A handspring. Very impressive. European uppercut, but he was able to regain momentum because he hit a drop kick Ooh, on Luke Harper. This and, flying spin punch is very interesting. Yep, the European uppercut. Ooh. And now he's figured out that his, uh, his target is going to be Luke Harper's legs. Ooh! Ooh kicked him right in the face. Yeah, flying knee from Luke Harper takes Cesaro back down to the mat. So Luke Harper's strategy now is wear down Cesaro's arms. Cesaro is trying to wear down Luke Harper's legs. Okay. Yep. So he's got... So Cesaro has Luke Harper on his back... Yep, and he was going for his uh, the sharpshooter, which is and one of his. Went so messy. Yep, he was trying to apply the sharpshooter, which is one of his signature moves, but he was unable to because of those bad arms. And Luke Harper managed to drag him to the ground, and now he's doing a cross face, but cranking back on that shoulder. Why would Luke Harper just touch the rope instead of Cesaro? Cesaro is the one who's, I guess, sort of pinned or. You know. Well, Cesaro was trying to reach the ropes. If Cesaro reached the ropes, the hold would have been broken. Luke oh, Harper reached, touched the ropes, and to he... To keep him away from it. Yep. But then, that does that change? Yeah, but he still had five seconds. 
So okay. he was able to get five seconds he wouldn't have ordinarily had. And Cesaro... Wow, so Cesaro just... Yep, it looks wow, like... Oh, he is so strong. He's so powerful, and he's... Uh... Oh, and hello to his thighs. Just saying. <laughs> no, the... They're, they're magical. So he is unable to, even though he has injured Luke Harper's leg and he knows a million ways to hurt somebody's leg, he can't get all that much leverage on it because he has to crank back with those arms. Yeah. One, two, and you can't pin somebody with bad arms either. Yeah. Luke Harper here going for... Wow. Oh! Ooh. Christ! A what nasty uh, sit-out powerbomb. When he was Brody Lee, the, the big rig... That used to be his finishing move called the truck stop. Ah. And unable to uh, unable to keep Cesaro down. Does Cesaro uh, does Cesaro's brief say Cesaro on them? They do, yes. It's done in purple, which does not feel like on brand <laughs> an on brand choice for him. Yeah, he usually goes with white and red. And what's on the back? Okay. Uh, it's a Swiss cross. Yes. So Cesaro back on his feet now, blocking a kick from oh, Luke Harper. Cesaro does such a good job at punching. Yep. Is oh! Weird, is that a weird thing to say? No, not at all. He's a great puncher. Yep. Again, put him in a movie! Yep, and here we go. Oh going for my the, God. the fucking giant swing. He's grabbed Luke Harper by the ankles and is swinging him around the ring. And now he's folding him up and he gets him in that sharpshooter and Luke Harper has to give up. Cesaro has won That's it? this that match. That's so quick. It's 15 minutes. Wow, it didn't feel like 15 minutes. No, it felt like, felt like five. These guys really put together a tight little match. Cesaro, the Swiss Superman, says that... Uh, that sign. That sign, which... <laughs> and look at that. He, he, we saw before the, uh, the sort of signature two-armed punch, and he's only doing it with one hand because his shoulders are so fucked up. Aww. And we saw a little... We see little, little girls. A lot of little girls. Are, well, are you surprised? <laughs> but I mean, like, you know... That they're that they're doing the thing and engaging instead of just looking at a poster and like yeah you know they're doing the punching not just like kissing their Cesaro poster yeah, yeah it's not <laughs> like, like he's David the Cassidy. way that I liked the Backstreet Boys as a kid they're like oh I'm gonna go to this match and like copy his movements and wear a t-shirt or something that's cool I like seeing that you know whatever these little girls want to engage in as long as it's Oof. And we're seeing replays now of the sort of uh, highlights of this match. We see Cesaro barely escape that sit-out powerbomb. Here we see him fuck up Luke Harper's leg, hit that big double stomp right to the knee and uh, upper thigh, and then he gets him in the, the Cesaro swing. Swings this... signature move? Yep. Swings this guy to disorient him, locks in... The sharpshooter, he has no idea where he is. He has no choice but to give up. 
he's still selling the arm. He's still selling the arm. He manages to get that second arm up a little bit. Yeah. Send the crowd home Shake, happy. Shaking his little tush. Yep. So that's uh, that's the end of our of our of our journey with with Big Tony and uh, thank you and Lucas. <laughs> so what did you, what did you think of the match? I thought it was short. I didn't think it was I, technically. I thought it was strong, but in terms of if I was just watching as a complete layperson, I don't think I would be as energized by it. I don't mm-hmm. think it was the most entertaining thing that we've watched. Granted, things that you've shown me are like. Amber Moon and Asuka mm-hmm. and the Iconics and, like, fl- flashier mm-hmm. characters. Now, well, granted, I think both of these people competing not with each other, you know, competing against other people could be flashy because they have these strong skill sets. But this technically, for someone like you, mm-hmm. I t- absolutely get where the excitement lies of, oh, wow, these two are so agile. They were quite well suited to fight together, I think. Mm-hmm. So... So, I think I hear what you're saying, and I agree with you. I'm not and saying it's no, no, boring. I agree. I'm just saying that it's not like this would never be a main event. Right. Now, I put this to you. Yes. This only went 15 minutes. Yeah. If it went 20. If there was a story leading into this, because there wasn't here. Yeah. It, that, yeah, if there was a story, if there was some kind of build, yeah, it might be more exciting because you're coming into it with context. You've been wanting to see these two fight. Right. So, why didn't that happen? Yeah. You know, that's my question to you and to you, Vince McMahon. I know you're listening. Why didn't that happen? (laughs) You have these two guys who have an incredible history together. You know, they trained together. They came up together. They obviously have chemistry with each other. Mm -hmm. So, why are they making the best of a 15-minute slot on a show that nobody's watching? Yeah. And it's just, it's so strange to me that guys with skill sets like this who can make chicken salad out of chicken shit continue to be given chicken shit. You know? Yeah. Like, boy, maybe give him some chicken. (laughs) So, this was 2015. Yes. Luke Harper... Believe it or not, after this, enjoyed a, a babyface run. Wild. Tell me more. Uh, he trimmed his beard and got better fitting jeans. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, braided his hair. Okay. Strange. Yep. Like, had, like, a like one kind of nice fishtail braid oh, in the back. Very strange. Okay. And that didn't last too long. They kind of gave up on that. Okay. He... Got teamed up again with Eric Rowan, who came back from injury, All and right. they did this weird thing where they had been Luke Harper and Eric Rowan forever, and they came back and they got repackaged as the Bludgeon Brothers, <laughs> and they put them in these weird red outfits and like demonic hoodies and had them carry these big. Well, we met the guy who made their big, like yeah, their big. I don't know if their paper mache or whatever the fuck hammers, yeah. fiberglass probably hammers and they became the bludgeon brothers and they lost their first names and they're harper and rowan oh god and they're wearing these weird red gimmicks luke harper got hurt again 
Eric Rowan went on to team with Daniel Bryan. Okay. They're currently tag team champions. And another example of a guy who's a phenomenal singles wrestler, and they ran out of stuff for him to do, so they just put him in a tag team. Daniel Bryan? Yeah. Wait, but he's been doing that whole eco-friendly thing. Yeah. Oh, you're saying that ran out of steam? I don't think it did, but they... Uh, just decided to they focus on other stuff? Yeah, so he's in a tag team now with Rowan. Luke Harper is That's currently... That's a literal recent world champion. Yeah. And one of the most famous wrestlers of the current era. Yep. And you're going to put him in a tag team. Yeah. He was a... He was one of the biggest events at WrestleMania. He main evented WrestleMania 30. But one I mean, of the biggest, yeah. This year, he was one of the yeah. biggest events at WrestleMania. Yeah, that incredible match with Kofi Kingston, yep. And I think people, I, even though he lost, I don't think that's anything. He didn't lose any face. No, exactly. Like, he, he lost, but it was, it was be- for the best that he lost, he allowed a deserving. Yeah. wrestler to win it was a big match people were really emotionally invested and that guy's in a tag team what two months later three months later yeah that's that's wild yeah that doesn't feel that doesn't make sense right which is why because of the way they use tag teams as weird little placeholders it's like okay well we're gonna put daniel Bryan in a tag team until we think of something better for him to do and that has been the nature of Cesaro's whole time in WWE. He was teaming with Tyson. Well, first he was teaming with Jack Swagger. Okay. As the Real Americans. Yes. Then he got put with Tyson Kidd. Okay. And they were good. Tyson Kidd got hurt. Cesaro went on his singles run, which is what we just saw here in 2015. Then he teamed up with... Was it Sheamus after that? Has he been with Sheamus that long? I feel like I'm forgetting another tag team partner in there somewhere. Okay, so I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Who are the current male wrestlers who are, uh, I guess I guess they'd be on Raw. Who are the ones right now who are singles who are being uh, set up in long-term storylines? Like, Who were those people getting attention? Uh, Roman Reigns. Okay. Seth Rollins. Okay, both big. Mm-hmm. Uh... AJ Styles. Okay. Ricochet. Oh, Ricochet, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, so he's doing really well. He's already won the U.S. title. Fantastic. Good for him. And, see, it's so hard to tell because they've fucked up the brand split already, again, where people are moving back and forth between shows. It's hard to figure out who's supposed to be on what show. By shows meaning? Raw and SmackDown, the two different brands. Okay. Um, I think Samoa Joe is technically supposed to be on SmackDown, but he's on Raw all the time. Okay. Kofi Kingston is supposed to be the champion of SmackDown, and he's on Raw all the time. Weird. They're just trying to see what works. Yeah. Um, Cesaro, you know, before you were asking me about Aleister Black and Ricochet... Yes. Aleister Black, the alternative to them sticking you in a tag team because they don't know what to do with you... Yeah. Sometimes they'll just put you in what I call the promo room. Okay. Which is where they just film vignettes of you for, like, months at a time. All right. And you don't actually wrestle. How does that work? Like, explain one to me. I don't get it. So, Aleister Black has been in the promo room for, like, three months. Doing what? Talking. He hasn't wrestled since WrestleMania. He hasn't wrestled since that that tag team match he had with Ricochet. what is the context around them cutting to him and showing these clips on Raw? Or the show, like what they just—there's no context. They just like it's the next segment, and it's a camera facing 
facing Alistair Black, and he's like, why won't anybody fight me? I want competition. Nobody wants to fight me. I, ho- I sure hope somebody tries to fight me next week. What the... F- Wait, and then, <laughs> what, he's been doing this for months? Yes! That's really weird. Like... Do you th- is what do you think the causes of this? The causes they have no idea what they want to do with him. But then, so they're just they know they want to do something with him at some point. So they want people to remember who he is. So why don't you get these people to do like, get, be a guest commentator? Like just we've talked like, about this, but like why don't you just put them out there? Listen, they're gonna be the one who announces the match. They're gonna like something. Like, Alistair Black has barely wrestled on Raw or SmackDown, like on the main roster. Okay. You want people to be impressed by him. So, if you're going to have him not do much for a while, why don't you have him come out and kill people for, like, a couple of months? Have him win very quick matches against low-level opponents. Yeah, jobbers, even. Yeah, jobbers. Local guys, whoever it is. You know, he, he has that black mass, that kick. Yeah. That's his that's his big finishing move. Why don't you have him like build up that move? Like okay. these jobbers come out, hits him with that kick, it's yeah. over, count to a hundred, it's out, and then have him get on the microphone and say, I want better competition. Yeah. And then you start to okay, well here's a guy who's been on the show for a couple of years, he's not a major star, and he also gets destroyed really easily. Okay. And then you slowly build it up where it's like, okay, well, who can stand up to Alistair Black? And he's still asking for better competition. And then, who's going to be the one who finally steps to him? Who's going to be the one that finally challenges him? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Instead, he's been sitting in this back room asking for competition. And I swear to God, this is literally what happened. Two weeks ago, he was sitting in this room saying, I want someone to come and knock on my door and challenge me. And then somebody knocked on the door. And he went, oh, it's you. And then the next week, he was sitting in the room and he's like, I want somebody to challenge me. Are you serious? <laughs> yes! Wait, they never revealed who it was? Well, he was just sitting in his chair and he's like, somebody knocked on my door last week and I didn't say who it was. And I want somebody to challenge me. So he's sitting in his chair and then there's a split screen for some reason and Cesaro walks in and sits down in a different chair and smiles and Alice Black goes, Really? I accept. Wait, this is what happened? That's what happened! Okay, so they're gonna fight. They're gonna fight tonight. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, so at well, least Well, neither did anybody s- until like three nights ago. Okay, but they're doing something. They're doing something, but why did it take this long? That's really weird. That's very strange. Right? <laughs> I mean, granted, I'm sure it's a little more nuanced than the way that you're telling it's it to really me. It's not. Is it not? It's not so nuanced. Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> But anyway, that's tonight. I'm sure it'll be a good match because both of those guys are very good. But Cesaro is in another one of his signature, I'm having a a singles run because they really want me to be a tag team guy, but my latest tag team partner got hurt again, runs, because Sheamus is hurt. And so he's just doing a singles run. But they don't, have, they don't really know what they want him to do with it. So he had a couple of matches with Ricochet. And now they're going to have him wrestle Aleister Black. They, they should just start a we-don't-know-what-to-do-with-these-people division. Just Why don't they just start doing, like, 
battle royales. Well, you know what? I'm just like throw they, all the throw sixteen guys in there, just well, see what happens. Listen, babe, they really do. They have a twenty four seven division. Okay. The gimmick being that you can lose. There's a title. And you have to defend it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And you can lose it anywhere as long as there's a referee present. That sounds like a cult. So it's these guys... It sounds like the Nexium readiness drills. There's these guys running around backstage, like, with their own personal referees trying to find the champion and pin him in catering. That's very silly. <laughs> so there's a whole division of these guys. Who, who's in that? Anyone I know? Uh, R-Truth. R-Truth? Yeah, Ron Killings. I don't know who that is. Okay. EC3? I know who that is. Who's, he's doing this for some reason. Okay. Sure. Cedric Alexander. Don't know who that Jinder is. Jinder Mahal. Former WWE champion, Jinder Mahal. Okay, I've heard of him. I don't like Jinder Mahal as a performer. Like, most people don't. But, you know, if you make somebody your world champion, maybe don't <laughs> yeah. immediately drop him down into this weird bullshit comedy. But then again, the 24 7. Is it very Benny Hill chase music? It's very Benny Hill. Okay. Um, so, yeah. The question remains what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? And so you can see why both of these two guys. There's, no, there's been no indication that Cesaro is interested in leaving or. Yeah, looking to go to AEW or Japan. No, but, but or, you could see how oh my if God, his... dude would kill in Japan. Yeah. Being, looking like this, wrestling how he does... Japan needs a replacement for Kenny. Yeah. And Cesaro is twice Kenny's size. I mean, we've talked about, like, Rusev being a good replacement yeah, for Rusev Kenny. Yeah, Rusev would but, also be phenomenal. But Cesaro in Japan... Hey, just teach him Japanese. He speaks 18 <laughs> languages. Just teach him Japanese. He'll kill it. They'd love him. Yeah, I mean, he's not blonde, but he's he's very like he's very white. What they like, like you know, what he's very he's, exotic. What a certain demographic there likes. I'm not going to say that every Japanese person is into you know Anglo-looking people, but no. But this is the country where like a sexy gorilla was like a media superstar. I didn't like that. I love that gorilla. He's very handsome. I didn't, I didn't like him because, as you know, I don't like when animals take on a distinctive sexual energy. <laughs> I don't like it. That, I, I don't like that kangaroo that looks like an angry ex-boyfriend. That gorilla that fucks, though. No, that kangaroo <laughs> is the reason why kangaroos are my least favorite animal. I don't like the, sexu like the sexual gorilla. I did not like him. <laughs> I do not like the Pokemon character Mewtwo. Again, a distinctly sexual energy. <laughs> I do not like it. He was it. very ropey. I didn't like his tail because it, it made me think of a penis. Uh, I did not like that. I don't like when animals, and male animals, not that I'm like really looking out here for like a quokka with tits, but I do not like, <laughs> it's usually a male animal that has a distinct sexual energy a prowess um a sexual performativity i don't like it so i did not like the sexy gorilla for many reasons it's important Google. that we don't talk don't show me the sexy gorilla I i'm don't not see this him. is for me handsome what are you looking at gorilla i don't want to see you it. don't have to see it please don't show it to me 
I'm going to put in the show notes. His name is Shabani, by the way. That I remembered, because it's very similar to Shabari. Again, affiliated with sexual imagery. I Jesus, do not like this it. This is a handsome gorilla, I, I like swear. It. Oh, I just came up with my wrestling character. I've been for the last 15 it, minutes trying to think of what it's it, going to be. Is it the sexual gorilla? No. It's just Kermit the Frog's nephew, Robin. Okay. <laughs> well, try to keep that under your hat. Because I have to... <laughs> it's just Robin. This has been another episode of I Hate Wrestling. I want to thank my guest, this very strange creature. Hi, it's me. I'm, I'm the guest. I'm guest. Um... I want to thank Corinne Dodenhoff for designing my logo. Hi, Corinne. I want to thank the Novas. You want to say hi to the Novas? Hi, the Novas. For the use of my theme song, Duck Crusher. I want to remind you, dear listener, and ask you humbly um, to please like, rate, review, comment, subscribe to my podcast on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Facebook, Spotify, Twitter, Twitter, Instagram, Instagram. You sell um, bandanas for fat dogs. Mm-hmm. These dogs so fat. IHWPod.com, meaty. meaty dogs, meaty, thick, meaty dogs. Okay, now you're ascribing sexual energies to a dog <laughs> again. Don't like this. Not fan. Bandanas for thick, meaty gorillas. <laughs> no. I don't like it at all. I'm not into this. And you, you already said uh, what your 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 wrestling character. Yes. Was gonna be, which was, oh, you know this this makes perfect sense because one of the other times we were talking about Cesaro was when Miss Piggy was flirting with Cesaro. And I was doing my Kermit the Frog, and I was like, hey, Tony, can I talk to you for a second? Yes. <laughs> I remember that. It was very funny. So, yeah. yeah my... There's something you should know. Uh, Miss Piggy and I, we kind of have a thing going, and uh, I would appreciate it if you uh, mind your own fucking business. Sign your message off for walls. <laughs> <laughs> your Kermit is not good. My Kermit is not good. <laughs> I'm not the impressionist here. I can do the Foster's Australian for beer guys sometimes if I'm not laughing. Do it. I can do Owen do it. Wilson. Do it. I'm going to do Owen Wilson. I'm going to do Owen Wilson. Wait, hold is, on. Is Owen Wilson here with us right now? Can I speak to Owen? Wow. Wow. Owen Wilson is here. <laughs> that's, that's incredible. I'm Owen Wilson. Wow. 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 <laughs> Let's go back to the well a couple more times with wow. Wow. <laughs> hey, hey, Vance, and I mean Vaughn. <laughs> wow, we gotta check this out. Wow. I'm Owen Wilson. Wow. I can also do Dana Carvey doing Jimmy Stewart, as you know. Do you want me to do this? Sure. This is Dana Carvey doing Jimmy Stewart getting... A blow Hardy. <laughs> Who was the best Hardy boy? <laughs> blow. Wait, I gotta That's do That's not a joke about Jeff Hardy's I personal habits. Okay.
Yeah. Yeah. Would you mind squeezing it a bit? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the best impression I could do. Say hi, Mr. Penis. It's the best. It's the it's the only thing I can do well in my entire life is that impression. So anyway, my wrestling character is sweet little Robin Kermit's nephew. I love that he's Kermit's nephew, not his son, just his nephew. Well, his son would be a a pig creature. (laughs) (laughs) Just like this unholy gray mass. Do you know who my favorite Muppet is? It's the chicken. It's Camilla. Yeah. She's a chicken. Mm -hmm. Do you know who my second favorite Muppet is? Uh, Is it the other chicken? It's Rizzo. Oh. The rat. Those are my two favorite Muppets. I thought you should know this. <laughs> Good night, everybody! <laughs> Good never thought to ask why Andre was a giant. That that would be why. Very interesting. Um, acromegaly? Is that the disorder? I, I say, you squinting, eat. looking at the screen. Hey, hey, screen, can you Google that for me? 